all of a sudden in the last couple of years due to COVID, everybody wants to know a little bit more about indoor air quality. But because we know COVID was an airborne uh, virus, so now we have something called a virus index. Hello there and welcome to Let's Talk Clean Air, our special mini-series on Campfield's new global network of chief ergonomic officers. My name is Dusty Rhodes. Joining us today are two of the new ergonomics officers from within Camphill who are sharing how this role is developing in real life along with some of the ups and downs that they have experienced so far. From Dublin, we have the Managing Director of Camphill Ireland, Paul Flanagan. Paul has huge experience in the filtration industry with many years of helping customers with technical queries, especially in life science, healthcare, data centres, food and beverage and educational facilities. Also joining us from Germany is Lara Luma, who is almost 10 years with the Camphill organisation. Today, she is a back office specialist in the technics and service department in Rheinfeld. Paul, uh, if I can start with you, we have someone responsible for nearly every aspect of operating an organisation from we've got line managers to financial controllers. You're your managing director yourself. However, some people might think that a person in charge of air quality is just a bit too much. What do you say to them? <laughs> well, I, I think if we can start at the top, I think it's nice for somebody that's in charge of an organization to show an interest in this. But I guess anybody can really take the lead on this. One of the questions we do get asked from time to time about this whole initiative is that who should this person be? I guess to answer your question indirectly, I for sure am the ergonomics officer for here in Campbell, Ireland to show other organizations that we deal with that it can be at the top, but certainly we can promote it to anybody in the facilities area or anybody at all in any part of the, the organization should should take an interest at least and maybe become or suggest to be the ergonomics officer. And it, it doesn't always only have to be one person involved. I mean, some larger organizations may have a, an ergonomics officer for one particular department or one, one building specific to, to that particular department. And, and there could be many more within an organization. And finance is obviously very important and managing of people with human resources is very important. But where do you see the importance of air? Well, I guess the importance of air is something that, you know, we, we don't necessarily see any issues. And, you know, we, we, we can obviously have issues with odors and so on. But a lot of the things that could be harmful to health, for example, to humans, are invisible to us, like particles and what have you. And, you know, it's not just protecting human health. Some processes are very susceptible to poor indoor air quality. For example, corrosion in data centers and that kind of thing can be really detrimental to the, the processes there. From a cost perspective and so on, it, it's not a huge fix to put things right from time to time, depending on what the issue can be. I suppose it all depends on on what's involved. You're the ergonomics officer for Ireland and Lara is here. She's the air quality officer in uh, Rheinheld. Lara, tell us about your role as an air ergonomics officer in Germany. Yes, I would like to. We are two ergonomics officer in Rheinfeld in Germany, and we started our project two months ago. In general, we are listening to the people. We are listening to their needs. We are listening what they are telling us about their work environment. And due to these facts, we are trying to, to benefit the air in our work environment and at their workspaces. And all we do is we running through our production, we're walking through our offices, and we really want to show that we're building awareness for clean air and that we really care and that we want to improve air quality in our offices and our production. 
So when you are walking through your office, are you able to see things that need improvement? Yeah, sure. Of course, we're talking to our employers and they're uh, talking to us what uh, they need and how they are feeling and if there's something what we can improve. And then, yeah, of course, we are able to um, use some devices so that we can check the air quality in our data system. After that, we know what we have to uh, improve furthermore. And is that a good place to start? Because, Laura, I'm taking that you're not working in the science end of Camphill. Are you looking at the whole ergonomics officer with a, a more human aspect? Yeah, sure. That's the most important thing, I guess, to show that we really care about our, our employers and our, about our co-workers, because um, that's the most important thing, that they feel safe in our work environment, that they love to go to work, that they feel safe. That's our in initiative that we uh, want to bring out that health is the most important thing at work. So, Laura, when you're walking around and you're talking to people about the air quality of where they work, I suppose you're in Camfield, so they probably do take it a little bit more seriously. What kind of questions are people asking you? They're asking us, how do clean air affect our health? Uh, what can we do to um, become ergonomics officer? What's your role in the ergonomics officer project? Uh, such kind of questions. And um, I love that they are interested in our work and in our project. And so communication comes up. Let me ask both of you, and I'll start with Paul. Uh, what kind of things have you been able to do in your own office that have improved the workspace? Very good. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I was just going to butt in and say that actually at one point uh, in relation to, uh, I guess, elaborating on what Lara has already said there. Uh, to begin this whole process, we we pivotally put in some sensors to measure the indoor air quality. Um, we do it at our own facilities. As an air filtration and clean air company, we kind of proved that we should necessarily be doing the same things that we're advising others to do in terms of protecting the indoor air quality in their own environment. So we check the air, air quality in our own factories and office spaces and so on to ensure that it's at a level that it should be. We monitor the air by uh, using these sensors and we can we can put some easy fixes in there if there are issues reported on these monitors. I mean, typically people associate things like, you know, general irritation of the eyes and nose and throat and, you know, and lungs and so on. And people that may have asthma and so on, that type of thing can be uh, worrying and cumbersome to, to some people in some work environments. So if they have a, a report or some information made public to them uh, on what levels of air quality they, they have and, and what we've gone are gone about to try and uh, fix for them, then it makes them feel a lot better about the workspaces they're in. When you did the measurements in your offices, what kind of results did you get? Was it, was it a surprise? To be honest with you, we had already got some devices in in, in place in Campbell, Ireland, for sure. So we were we were already kind of gone down that road. We we like to say we walk the talk in terms of indoor air quality, but we we made a little a little better. You know what what I was most surprised that was that we got some really good interest when we started placing monitors around the place people really wanted to engage with us to ask us exactly what it was we were doing even though we had basically let people know that this was going to happen and the whole ergonomics chief ergonomics officer um, initiative had, had, had been launched and taken place and all of a sudden we had this great interest which is great because a lot of people in our organizations are working for us a long time and they don't understand this 
the, the customer side of it and what's happening and why they're buying the products. So then they had a better understanding of how the products they make working for Canfield can actually contribute to better indoor air quality. And Laura, when you were uh, taking measurements around your office as well, did you have any surprising results? Um, no, I don't have any surprisings because um, I think the air quality is quite good in our production as well. Um, of course, there are some spaces like the cafeteria that might be better, but um, in general, I'm 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 really confident about our measurements. It's it's quite good, and I love that the people um, really want to be educated about it. So they they ask questions. So why are you putting up those sensors? Is the air quality so bad here? And I think it's a good uh, point that we can say no, it's it's quite good, but we have to yeah measure it and to keep you updated how it is going. And if there's something not good, you might tell us. Paul, the sensors and the measurement is a terrific start. Where do you get the sensors from? I mean, we we manufacture sensors. Camphol actually have an air sensor product which will measure the particulate matter size within the, the, the space you're working in. It'll it'll basically be set up to uh, provide you information to let you know whether you're at a safe or unsafe level because a lot of these particles have the potential to enter the bloodstream and cause uh, issue with things like cardiovascular systems and, and uh, the heart and so on. We, we know this from science anyway. But yeah, I mean, those, those sensors are a plug-and-play system. They're connected to a dashboard. Great visuals on there that you can see. Things like particulate matter, CO2, relative humidity and temperature and so on. And are the sensors easy enough to operate? Yeah, but they're a plug and play system. Uh, they really are. Once you set them up once, it's don't switch it off, let it run, and you'll have that, that, that reporting on, on a regular basis. And we've got so many other things available on the market today to uh, educate people on how to fix a problem. I mean, you know, we, we have a platform ourselves, which if you have any type of a concern in a building, you can click a, a couple of switches on a, what we call our Canfil City product. It'll, it'll raise the concern that you might have and you'll be offered some information on the products that can help you with that. And what kind of easy fixes do you think people are going to put in place? It's so easy sometimes. I mean, you know, I've been visiting buildings for such a long time. And when some people have issues around indoor air quality, the first thing we look at is the air handling system, the air handling units providing air into the buildings. And quite often we see very, very poor quality framework where we have bypass of outdoor air coming straight in and not through the filter or the filters themselves are not up to a particular standard. There's a lot of products out there which are, don't really, you know, cut the mustard or make the grade in terms of what they should be. And there's lots of standards uh, available on the market today that we should adhere to. It's a kind of a reassurance to any end user that we give visibility on the products that are used in terms of providing the clean air into the space. And Lara, what kind of easy fixes have you put in place in Germany in your office? The most important thing is, as I said before, the communication between our employees and that we really um, illustrate that we are there for them in our project. What we did is we installed devices in our offices, in our production. We are controlling that every week. If there's somebody who, who mentioned something about it, we, we go to the devices and we check it. And of course, yeah, we focus on, on these devices. Yeah. And when people are coming to you, Laura, what are their, what kind of typical concerns do they have? Um, most of all, it's, it's interest. What are you doing? What are these four devices? How do you measure it? And then we are explaining it to them. And yeah, we really like those uh, direct dialogues. So it shows us that um, our project affects people and it helps 
and yeah, we can educate them and we are getting better in publishing these um, important topics. And are you publishing them around the office so people are able to see the improvement and the changes that have been made? Yeah, that's the reason why we go through our offices and the production so that our co-workers see, oh, they are really trying to improve it. They are doing something. They are active. And uh, that's for us the most important thing. It's not just talk. It's it's uh, something actually been done. This is This is still like a relatively new scheme and and obviously it's going to take uh, some time what do you see as your biggest challenge in the next six months lara uh for the biggest challenge i um see to hold our standards what we promised to our customers that uh, or to our co-workers that we can handle that and what that we are uh, able to to do all these promises and i think that's the most important challenge to work on it Paul, uh, how about yourself? Uh, big, biggest challenges in Ireland? I think the challenges, I suppose, have, have come on board with us from customers in particular who are using our products a long time. For example, all of a sudden in the last couple of years due to COVID, everybody wants to know a little bit more about indoor air quality. And a lot of people have become experts in inverted commas, if you know what I mean, but at least they're showing an interest But because we know COVID was an airborne virus so now we have something called a virus index so if the index is low or at a grade in your facility then it could be susceptible to carrying viruses and making them more transmittable depending on the indoor air quality so if you have a larger amount of air changes within the environment with air coming through filters of an appropriate standard you reduce that risk or if you have air cleaners positioned to increase the the amount of area recycling within the space, you obviously have a, a much better uh, chance of reducing any you know, poor quality indoor air having health effects on people or on the product or patients if it was hospitals, for example. Well, as soon as people see that about viruses and they're thinking about their health, and especially since we've uh, had COVID, uh, this system, is this a report that will come to the ergonomics officer or is it more like a, a sign on a wall that will give you like green, orange, red? I think, you know, I think you were asking Laura earlier on as well. I mean, where where is this information available? The sensors that we use are available for for anybody who is given access to monitor that indoor air quality. We can make it as public as we want on, on on a local PC. We can issue reports. We can give it to the departments. HR departments really like this because they love the idea that we're showing a, a really good sense of um concern uh, about protecting the people in our workplaces so staff really get an idea that you know well maybe my employer really does care after all you know in in relation to improving indoor air quality because this is something that was never done before in a lot of places and all of a sudden here we have so many people signing up to be part of this ergonomics network so we're all learning from each other everybody is taking on this practice to appoint an ergonomics officer to start looking at monitoring indoor air quality and looking at solutions uh, to make it better, if, if, if it needs to be made better. I mean, I mentioned hospitals and so on. They obviously have to have a certain indoor air quality. But, you know, the more people that are involved with this and, and joining the ergonomics uh, revolution, so to speak, you know, it, it means more people have a vested interest in it and there's more information going around. So we have a better chance of getting it right with the right solutions. Lara, you were also saying that you got very good feedback from people and they appreciate uh, what is being done. Um, 
let me ask both of you, because you're both very, very busy, okay? And you have very, very busy jobs. And now you're asked to be an ergonomics officer on top of everything else. Does it take a lot of your time? I wouldn't say it does, to be honest with you, because again, we go back to the sensors. You're constantly getting a, an information feed. We have alarm systems there that can that can alert us to something that may, may, may need attention quickly. But as I said at the beginning, most of the solutions are pretty straightforward. Use the right filters in your air handling system. Have proper ventilation. Open windows where necessary. Use air cleaners where you don't have a HVAC system that you can make right by by, by putting in correct filters in there. Most of the systems are plug and play. At least if you're monitoring, you know if you're if you've got an issue. And if you have got an issue, it's about you know putting it right. But again, there are lots and lots of industries that already have the systems in place. And I think it's a nice thing that they can really advertise the fact that they've got good air, air, indoor air quality already. You know, it doesn't necessarily always mean you have to provide a, a solution. It is becoming more and more important. And I, I think I've seen things in hotels. And I saw Elon Musk was even talking about, you know, having a HVAC um, systems in, in the Tesla cars. So it is becoming more and more of a thing. Lara, uh, same question to you about the amount of time that it takes you to be an ergonomics officer on top of what you're doing. Like, how much time a week would you say you're spending on it? In the week, it might be three or four hours. But um, I see this very, very positive because uh, I started as a trainee as Comfy. I know a lot of people, so um, it's very easy to to know their names. So they 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 like to speak to me because they know me, and it's it's no work on top. I think it's very good to integrate this work in my workflows, and um, I like to be a contact person as an ergonomics officer in my company. And what kind of people do you think would enjoy being an ergonomics officer, Laura? I think it's possible for everybody to become an ergonomics officer because it's it doesn't depend on the on the job or the title you have. It's about um, the passion and educate and to teach people how to become an ergonomics officer and not um, yeah how much time you have because when you have the passion, it's it's very possible to to be a good ergonomics officer. Paul, if you want to learn more about air quality in general, how do you how do you go about it? Well, this is the thing about ergonomics. You know, this is really the main focus is education. We, we said at the beginning that anybody can be an ergonomics officer. Facilities managers, estates managers, and so on would have the edge in terms of already knowing something about how to, how the air moves through a building and the idea of filters and the impact it has on on energy, on, on every aspect of what should and shouldn't be happening within the facility. Really, I think anybody can, 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 can do the job. Um, the impact of it, I mean, it's... I suppose the education is is there and it's quite easy. We have these platforms. We have uh, lots of things sharing on social media. Now, if anybody wants to just jump onto our ergonomics page within any of the, the social media platforms, they can learn things pretty easily. So it's it, it really isn't rocket science for sure. All right. And there's a website as well, chiefergonomicsofficer.com. And that is listed in the show notes of the podcast on the player you listen to us right now. Uh, another interesting project, uh, that you're involved in, Paul, and this does help people learn about air quality, and that's Camphill City. Yes. What on earth is that? <laughs> so Camphill City is a 
portal, uh, basically an area in our website where you can choose the building you work in. So, for example, if you worked in a pharmaceutical industry, if you worked in a food and beverage plant, a data center, a school, a university, you can click onto that um, building and what it will do is will list typical concerns and indoor air quality problems that are that, that we normally see people being faced with in that industry. Remember that that sometimes poor indoor air quality can come from within the business. People always think that it's a neighboring plant sporting out pollutants and so on and being sucked into the HVAC system of next door and causing major issues. Sometimes it can be from within. So, you know, we can have a situation where um, there could be welding fumes within a building um, from a workshop into an office space. So you can take care of those issues within the building with with specific systems, with air cleaners, with, 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 with different recirculation tactics through the HVAC system and so on. Laura, when you first came on board as an ergonomics officer, what kind of things did you have to learn about that you did not know? Oh, I had to learn a lot of more about particle size and how people are aware of particle size. Um, do they feel it? Do they see it? Do they smell it? All those problems uh, which came up when you're working in an office or in the production. Yeah, I have to learn more about the senses of people. And Paul, kind of the same question for you, because, I mean, you're both working in the air filtration business, so there's an expectation upon you. But as you go on this journey, what what have you learned since taking on this role? I guess it's, you know, you're, 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 you have a better understanding of no matter where you are, the indoor air quality is important. Um, I, I keep kind of sidetracking these questions in terms of going towards customer sites. And it's it's something that if, if you take a hospital, for example, we have many critical areas in a hospital where, you know, operating theaters and so on, you would expect the air needs to be really clean. But what about the waiting areas or the corridors that people are walking around in or or any part of the building? Because remember, there's sick people in these, in these buildings and immune suppressed patients typically are more susceptible to infection caused by poor indoor air quality than, than healthy people. So it's it's an awareness and it's a duty to fulfill the potential to educate anyone else where you can and to give that awareness to, to all industries. I mean, really, it's it should be something that's really shouted from the rooftops because it, it has been ignored for many years. But in any space, the indoor air quality should always be uh, taken on, in, into consideration. Can I finish it by asking both of you personally, just to you yourself uh, in your heart, what does it mean to you to be an ergonomics officer, Laura? Uh, for me, it means that I'm really passionate about this project. It's not only um, for the company, it's, it's for me and it's for my co-workers, it's for our employers. For me, the best thing is that I'm in the direct dialogue with them and I learn about their feelings and how they work in our work environment and how can I be part of this that everything will become better. Are you the kind of person who likes to help people anyway? I'm, I am. All right. So then th th this is perfect for you. How about Paul? Are you a helper? Yeah, I guess so. And from that perspective, it's it. my answer to that question would be simple, would be I've got a lot of experience if anybody has a question, I'm pretty sure I'll have the answer or I know someone that does or I can think of a case that I solved in relation to a specific uh, requirement or query we had on a, on a potential site. But it's just nice to have that responsibility, you know, to say that the indoor air quality is my responsibility. I've taken charge and I'm going to make sure it's as good as it can be. 
Paul Flanagan at Camphill in Ireland and Laura Luma at Camphill in Germany. Thank you both for joining us today. If you'd like to find out more about what we've been talking about, just go to www.chiefergonomicsofficer.com where you can learn more and join Camphill's initiative. There's a LinkedIn group as well, which you're welcome to join us on too. Links for both of these are in the show notes, which you'll find in the description area of this podcast on your podcast player. Do join us next time as we keep you up to date with the latest issues in our Let's Talk Clean Air podcast. To get it automatically, just click the follow button on your player right now. Until next time, from myself, Dusty Rhodes, thank you so much for listening and take care.